county clerk role is an interesting and varied role. Primarily, the clerk defines their role as essentially being the keeper of records for the county. So all property sales, land records, tax records, tax liens, even your voting records, yes, your voting records, they're all recorded and reviewed and become a permanent part of the county's records. In addition, the county clerk performs a wide variety of roles and services from designing the ballot to working with the county board of elections, tallying votes and doing audits, all the way to working helping individuals submit passport applications and getting them to the Department of State. The clerk is also responsible for working with local and state legislators on how to enact certain pieces of legislation prior to them getting signed, essentially helping folks figure out how a certain law, whether they like it or not, can actually be implemented within the county. Please continue listening to learn more about the county clerk rule. Good morning. Uh, welcome to 60 Second Democracy. I'm excited to be here today with Mary Melfi, who is the county clerk in Hunterdon County. And yeah, really excited to have you on 60 Second Democracy. And nice to meet you, Mary. Good morning. Nice to meet you as well, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me. So I'd I'd love to start with a little bit of a rewind and and just understand how did you ever get into public service? Actually, it goes back to the nineties. Um, I was a caregiver for my father, and when I lost my father, I ended up with time on my hands, and. The company I worked for at the time was in front of a planning board, and I went to the planning board procedure, and I always thought planning boards were doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs, and I found out that planning boards are regular citizens making decisions for the community they live in. So uh, I, I got interested, and I managed to get myself appointed to the local planning board, where from there I ran for local office. I ran for the Flemington Borough Council. I lost my first race. It was a humbling experience. Um, and But then I had people encourage me to give it another try. And I ran the following year and was successful. And I spent 12 years on the Flemington Borough governing body. In 2006, Dottie Turpock, who was the 25-year county clerk, approached me about running for county clerk because she was going to retire, and she thought that I would be a good fit, and we met, and I was just like, I don't know that I can be county clerk because I really don't know what you do, and I love local government. I love roads. I love police. I love garbage. I loved everything that, that went along with local government. And I couldn't see being the county clerk. But she said, no, no, you'll like it. You'll like it. So uh, with, with some encouragement from other members of the community, I took a stab at running for county clerk. Uh, in 2006, I ran in the primary. It was the first time in my political career that I had run against my own party. I had never been in a primary um, and it's kind of like eating your own, you know, it's it's a very, I, I've been in Flemington Borough where I'm a Republican and we fought Democrats. I never had to fight another Republican, but, you know, to say the least, and I ran against two very respected women, but uh, 
I had a lot of grassroots in the community and I, I was successful. And I came into county clerk and I decided that I was gonna make people know what the county clerk did. Because when I campaigned, I found out a lot of people really didn't know what we did. So my whole campaign and my whole today is connecting the clerk to the county. So that is that is the mantra I live by. And I think I've been pretty successful. Uh, maybe not everybody likes me, but everybody knows who I am. So <laughs> I, I was successful in that goal. I love that. Well, then, you know, perhaps it uh, is, a, is a perfect fit that we found each other since uh, I share a similar goal with helping illuminate folks on, on what's happening with local government. So um, with that in mind, I would love to just jump right in and talk about, since, since uh, it sounds like you're quite the expert, what is the role of the, of the county clerk? What, do you, what does one actually do? Okay, well, the county clerk was established through the New Jersey State Constitution. It is a constitutional office of which there are three. Well, actually, there's four. There's a sheriff elected for three years, a surrogate for five, and the county clerk for five, as well as the prosecutor who's not elected but appointed by the governor that serves a five-year term. So my office is, uh, the major responsibilities are, I mean, I am the keeper of the record, so to speak. So anything that has to do with real property, um, whether your land records, so it could be, you know, your your home, if you had uh, a tax lien filed against you, if the IRS files lien against you, if you have a mortgage, if you have a power of attorney, anything that could be directed towards your real property is the official record kept here, providing, and each of us, all 21 of us, and there's two registers as well. Some counties have, two counties have a register instead of the county clerk, but um, all the land records and your personal property and are, are under my uh, purview. So we record the documents. We, we check the documents to make sure that they meet the legal requirements for recording. They're recorded and then they become a permanent public record. The, pub, the records are open to the public so anybody has the right to come in our search room and take a look at your deed, your mortgage, if you have a power of attorney filed, if there's liens filed against you, easements on your property, that's all public record. We are also responsible for if you are a notary, if uh, you register with the state, the state issues you your certificate which you bring into my office and you take your oath of office and that's recorded in my office as well for 100 county notaries. So if you were to notarize something and somebody wanted a certificate, they would come in my office and they would say, is Andrew Dawson a notary? We would say yes. And we would give them a certificate that would be uh, actually you know, included with the document that you notarized. We are responsible for uh, veterans who are discharged from the service and they receive a DD-214, which is their discharge papers. They record those discharge papers with my office and those are not open to the public. Those are only there for the veterans or the immediate family's use. So 
veterans are entitled to many benefits, but all the benefits usually require proof of service, which is your DD-214, and it requires an original copy. So we have to, we record the original copy, and then we would give a certified copy in the event that somebody lost their original document. Uh, we are also an authorized passport agent from the U.S. Department of State. So if you want to get your passport, uh, we have trained agents that can process. Uh, an individual can go to any authorized agent. Now, you don't get the passport on the spot. We, of course, facilitate the passport to get it to the U.S. Department of State for issuing. And uh, we do that. Then, of course, the other big thing, which, which I really love, is, is elections. So the county clerk works very, very closely in Hunterdon County with the County Board of Elections. So there are two separate entities. And what we are responsible for is on my end, I work closely during the primary with the municipal clerks. And we take in the petitions for office. So my office is responsible for taking in a petition for any county office, which are the constitutionals and county commissioners. The municipal clerks take in petitions for local office and county committee. And of course the state does state and federal. My office is also responsible in Hunterdon County. All the school elections have moved to November. So I am responsible for accepting petitions for the school board. I am also responsible for accepting petitions if you choose to run as, quote, what the, the a layman refers to as an independent. So those petitions usually get filed. They do not usually. They have to be filed on primary day for somebody to appear on the November ballot as an independent. So I take in all the petitions. Once everybody's filed and we've met all the legal filing dates, challenge dates, and whatsoever, my office is responsible for doing a, a draw. We, we do a draw for both the primary and the general. So the primary ballot is set up by the county clerk's party affiliation. So I'm a Republican. So in a primary, the Republicans get the top line on a ballot and the Democrats get the second line. And so we set up the ballot, but there is a draw. So if, if you and I were running for commissioner and we were both Republicans and there was only one spot open, I would do a draw to see, you know, to see who goes first, et cetera. So there, you know, Title 19 governs election laws. And uh, so we follow Title 19. So I put together the ballot. So the ballot design is is under my my jurisdiction. Once the ballot's designed, I'm responsible for preparing and mailing the vote by mail ballots. And the vote by mail ballots are mailed out uh, by law 45 days prior to an election. And the ballots go out and my office is responsible for making sure they're out. We also have to make sure that the machine ballots are proofed correctly and that the sample ballots are proofed correctly and we're responsible for mailing the mailing of the sample ballots. The Board of Elections is responsible for voter registration, voter polling places, and voter and poll workers. 
So in, you know, my work was done up till yesterday, issuing of the vote by mail ballots. Today, I am sitting tight and helping where I can help until eight o'clock. Then I kick into high gear and I'm responsible for the tallying. So tonight I'll tally the vote. Well, they're tallying the vote, vote by mails uh, today. I'll be reporting. So I report the tally tonight for the vote by mail, the early voting, and then the districts as they come in. And the board will then do an audit. You know, this is all in a, in a, after the election, they'll do, an, they'll, they'll continue to count because you have certain ballots that can be counted throughout the next 14 days. And then they will do a, uh, an audit to make sure that everything was done correctly. They'll do a certification and then the elections put to bed for the, till next year. So uh, that's the election scope. And on a personal, you know, as a personal role as county clerk, I serve as the legislative liaison for the Constitutional Officers Association of New Jersey, which is clerks, registers, sheriffs, and surrogates. So all legislation that happens, you know, in our in our world, I'm I'm responsible for, you know, reviewing and making sure we stay on top of and, and get my peers involved and 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 to get the best bill that we can possibly get. Um, I serve on the board of NJAC, which is the New Jersey Association of Counties as county clerk, as, as county clerk rep. So I'm in, in, and I'm also on a special legislative team with the Secretary of State's office. So I try to stay involved and keep my office as, as knowledgeable and my peers as knowledgeable as we can be to run good offices. Well, I must say that was a, an impressive overview right out of the gate. <laughs> I don't know if that impressive, but. We have done this before. There's, there's a couple of things I'd like to go back and touch upon, but, you know, you were talking about the, the constitutionals and legislation uh, just at the end there. I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that, that interaction, the legislative liaison. How, how is, you said, it, it sounded to me like at one point you were saying, you're responsible for making sure that other folks in the county are uh, kept abreast of what's changing in legislation, but are you also influencing legislation somehow? I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. Not, not the county, the state, because I'm a, you know, I do it for this, for our state organization. So, mm -hmm. you know, for example, when they did the, when they put together the early voting bill, um, so that was a massive piece of legislation. So we worked, you know, we, we have a legislative team on my end, and there's a legislative team on the uh, boards and superintendents. So there's a group of, I don't know, uh, maybe nine of us from all aspects and all representations throughout the state. And we also work very closely with uh, Dale Florio out of Princeton Public Affairs Group, who represents, you know, both of the organizations as a lobbyist. So, you know, we get the bill, we'll review it, and we work closely with the sponsor of the bill or the sponsors, you know, to fine tune the bill. Um, because sometimes a bill has really, really good intent, but it's just impossible to implement. 
And and I'll give you a, I'll give you an example of a bill that affected our offices that we worked very closely on. It wasn't election related, but it, it's called Daniel's Law, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, but it it it's, goes back to Judge Solace's son getting shot, um, and she was stalked, and so the the bill's intent is to protect the judiciary and law enforcement, you know, from tragedy. So what they did was they created a bill and the original bill was to uh, scrub addresses from any public record. I mean, that that's the simple explanation of the bill. Um, great intent, but kind of overwhelming when you look at it because um you know from a clerk's point of view how do we you know if i take your deed for example and i just scrub your address but i don't take out your lot and block i i you know i mean you can easily you know if you really want to protect somebody you got to take the internet down you know i mean that's that's the only way um, to truly protect somebody because we can do as much due diligence. And what happens is it was just, you know, it was a heart wrenching bill that got put together quickly for protection, but it, it's just been overwhelming to any, any government agency. I mean, from the state all the way down to the local, just how do we handle this and how do we meet the intent of the bill? So, you know, we work very closely, you know, from the clerk's perspective, clerk's register's perspective, to to try to offer the best protection we can. So, you know, for example, in Hunterdon, I made the uh, decision to, I redact the entire document. Um, so if it's Daniel's Law, you know, you're going to know that the document's missing. You're going to know, obviously, it's a law enforcement judicial, but you're not going to have any idea who it is. There's just going to be no tracking it. And, you know, the state has put in uh, mechanisms for those that need to know. You know, if you're a if you're a bank and you're trying to do a mortgage with somebody, you know, you can come in and get access to that document. Uh with following certain procedures. So, you know, we're not shutting down the banking or the mortgage industry. We're just protecting the covered person. But um, one of the things that I've done in Hunterdon, and I am the only clerk in, in the state, but my records are not available online. I just, there's no law requirement. Um, and I'm old school. I just, don't think it's any of your business to sit home at night and go perusing people's documents. I, you know, plus it's a, it's a cost factor, but you know, and my residents, my constituents are very happy that their records are not online. And I just think in today's world, I can, you know, there's so much, there's so much information that's made public, your voting records public, you know, I have the right to know who you are, what your address is, what your party affiliation is, what elections you voted in, how you voted, you know, did you do it by mail? Did you do it from a as a vote by mail? Did you do it as a 
uh, early voting. So, you know, those are the kind of things that are public. So I take your voting record, I take your mortgage, I take, I, you know, I take your, your deed. I can put all these pieces together. Um, I can go find out that you have a dog because I can go get your, you know, your pet licensing out of your municipality. I can find out that you get a newsletter on the title to get your email. You know, I can put together a whole profile on you. So I just figured I'm not going to help you with the proper records. <laughs> so that's where I stand with that. Well, I, I, I would say, I wouldn't say to answer your question. I don't think we, inf I don't think I, I don't influence anybody. I work as a team with my peers to try to get the best bill. And, and when I focus, you know, sometimes it's been, sometimes it's a struggle because I have to put personal feelings aside um, about how I feel about certain legislation and how I personally feel about it is I have to take that away. And I have to, I have to say, stay focused on you, you don't, you're not the policymaker, but what you are the implementator of the policy. So can you implement this? You know, yeah, yeah, I can implement it. I hate it, but I can implement it. And that's, and that's the way I have to say now, if I'm going to implement it, what's the best way to implement it? So that's how I stay focused. And at what point in the legislative process are you getting involved? Right from the beginning, right from the beginning of the bill in most cases, unless it's something that a legislator is hard pressed and they want to do it, bing, bang, boom. And that happens too. But you otherwise, know, you know, prior to its passage, long before it's going in front of the governor, you're getting involved. People are coming. Oh yeah. And we even go to the governor's office sometimes when we lose, you know, when we lose on the legislative level and, you know, you win some, you lose some. And sometimes, you know, from my, from my whole political career, the best, the best governing, best bills, ordinances, laws is one that everyone hates. Because if everyone hates it, it's probably a good bill because nobody got everything they wanted. And, you know, that's, that's the way I, I look at stuff. But, you know, <laughs> you hate it. I hate it. Okay. It must be if the people must, the people are going to be the winners if we all hate it. So. I mean, that's a, that's a good perspective. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned a lot of different parties and, and folks, you know, who are the, who are the folks in the offices you interact with the most on a regular basis, you know, outside of an election week, what is a typical, what does a typical week look like for you in terms of your role? Um, the majority of my interaction is with my constituents. Um, I deal a lot with my peers you know, we'll, we'll reach across to find out how do you handle this? What do you do about this? If we have an issue come up, you know, it's a network. I deal a lot with uh, uh, sometimes legislators, you know, like once, you know, tomorrow, after tomorrow, you know, in a lame duck legislative session, it's going to be a, a massive fury. It's going to be, you know, nuts tomorrow because they'll they'll try to get all the bills through this legislative system set you know session so you know starting tomorrow will be very busy um but most of my most of my interaction is with with uh my constituents and my peers and you know depending on the time of the year 
legislation, legislators. Um, what's, what's something that's been particularly, uh, challenging in your, in your role? The election process since 2020. Hmm. It's been very difficult as a county clerk to hear that the election's been stolen, that vote by mails don't count, that there's fraud, you know, from where I sit and from where I see, the election wasn't stolen. The processes are good. Is there fraud? Yes. Are you going to steal a presidential election? No way. Are you going to steal a gubernatorial? No way. Um, where you see fraud occurring is on municipal elections. You know, when you get down to a small, a small concentrated block of voters. You see it, in, you know, you've seen the cases that have been on the news in Atlantic County and Passaic County. If, you, if you're an election junkie, you've seen that they just arrested a couple people up in Passaic County. But again, it, it was a local election. And in today's world between, you know, uh, the internet and just the fact that uh, I've learned a long time ago that if you told one person a secret, that person's told at least eight more people. So, you know, if I was running a, a an underground campaign where I was harvesting ballots, somebody else is involved and somebody else is going to spill the guts and I'm going to get caught. So, um, you know, and, and in, in today's world, technology is getting better, you know, is right now, you know, under the current law, you know, there's no, there's really no way, there's not a national voter database. So there's no way to know if you're registered in, in Florida and, uh, and registered in New Jersey and you're voting in both states unless somebody tattles on you. And, and again, that would be the kind of thing where you would get bragging to one of your buddies. Hey, you know what I did? I voted in both states. Somebody's going to tell somebody, um, you know, and you're going to get caught. So technology's catching up and, and that's, it's just been, it's been very disheartening because to me, I grew up, both my parents were Air Force veterans. I grew up, voting was a, a tremendous honor that we got as U.S. citizens that we're able to pick who we vote for. And I happen to, you know, I've never missed an election it, it's important to me. I take the time to know the candidates, although it's very hard to, without with, without having mainstream press anymore, uh, the press has gone down the, the tubes. There's no press anymore. And there's no way to, to learn about the candidates. But, I, you know, I, I, I see fourth graders, fourth graders come in for their, I get the Girl Scouts and I get, you know, county government. And they're not really interested in voting. But I tell them um, voting is important because I say, what if I wanted to take you all out to dinner and we're going to go to dinner and we're either going to go to McDonald's and we're going to have McDonald's or we're going to go to have pizza at the local pizza place or we're going to go to the diner and we're going to have liver and onions. And I say, but we have to vote on where we're going to go. So 
I say, Andrew votes for liver and onions because he grew up with it. He loves it. He'd love a good liver and onions dinner. But the rest of you don't vote because you know that Sally's going to vote for McDonald's and Jane's going to vote for the pizza and Ed's going to vote for the pizza. You know, there's no way your, your friends are going to vote for liver and onions. So Andrew's the only one that votes. I said, so I tally the votes and guess where you're all going? You're all going to have liver and onions. And I said, that's what happens when you don't vote. And being clerk 16 years now, I get them in here and they're like, oh, I remember the liver and onions speech. I'm voting. <laughs> I'm voting. So I'm like, oh, good, good. I love that. Is there anything in your position that you think is kind of unusual or almost uh, an excessive or unusual power that you have in your role? I can do weddings. <laughs> I forgot about that. I love to do weddings. Um, under the law, I can do weddings. And actually what I do for weddings is um, if the couple gets married and they wish to give me something, I don't want anything. Uh, what I do is I work closely with a nonprofit called Safe in Hunterdon that helps domestic victims of domestic violence. So if Andrew got married and he wanted to give me something, I'd say, you know, you don't have to give me anything. But if you want to do something, because some people, some people just have to give you something, I say, write a check to Safe in Hunterdon for me. Whatever you want to do, dollar, a hundred dollars, I don't care. So um doing that i i have raised in excess since i've been clerk in excess of seventy five thousand dollars doing weddings wow so, yeah and and a couple of years ago i don't know when it was in the in the early mid 2000s i was this is a funny story i was the person of the week on nbc nightly news for doing the weddings but the funny part of it was was i was madly in love with brian williams and I thought I was going to be on with Brian Williams. You know, he was my newscaster of choice, so to speak. But I got put on my story. I don't know what was going on. The World Series or something was going on. And they moved me to Saturday night with Lester Holt. So at the time, I thought I was being sidetracked, you know, downgraded from Brian Williams to Lester Holt. But now Lester Holt's the main guy. So now I say, oh, I was on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, you know. So, um, but, you know, my my uh, fundraising goes toward, my marriages go toward uh, helping the children's programs because that's the kind of thing that they're, they don't tend to get so much grant funding for. You know, they can get it for the lights and for for professional help, but they they really can't get things to help the kids so that's kind of what they use my funding for but I've done some interesting weddings I mean I, I did one on a hot air balloon I I did a I did a couple they had been married they had been married and they got divorced and and they'd been married a long time they got divorced and she married another guy he was an abuser she divorced him and then she moved back in with the ex-husband and they were like 85 years old and came in here and got remarried but the, it was a wonderful love story and uh you know and and he was just like oh he says you got this little charity you do these weddings for right missy and i said yeah and 
the guy wrote me out a check to safe and hundred for a thousand dollars. So, and then he, he, since then he's become a, a regular donor to safe and hundred. And so it was That's really lovely. Yeah. It was a fun story, but it, you know, you hear people's stories and you're like, yes, you know, weddings are such a good thing to do. I mean, it sounds like a lovely way to meet people and have some, some great experiences. Yep. Are there any aspects of your role or, or any, uh, I guess, powers or privileges you think that the county clerk should have that is not a part of the role? No, I, I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm autonomous from the board, from the board of commissioners. Um, you know, I, the one thing that, that I didn't mention is the county clerk is not funded by government. It is funded through fees. So I am, you know, I am self-supporting. So, you know, when you record your deed, I get a fee. When you get a passport, I get a fee. When you, uh, uh, not veterans IDs, you don't, you don't get charged. But when you take your notary oath, I mean, those are all fee-related. They're fee-related, but under the law. So I collect those fees and they all go, you know, the state takes their share out of it. Um, and then the balance goes to the county and it runs my office plus gives the county extra funding, um, extra funding to, you know, to lower the taxes or to put toward programs for the county. But, um, you know, you can't come after me and say, you know, you're raising my taxes because I'm not. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I think we're, you know, the the law set up is as such as I'm autonomous and and where the control comes in or where there's balance is my budget gets submitted annually to the board of commissioners and the commissioners have to approve my budget so you know that's where the protection is you know from keeping me from running amok and just you know wasting money or doing stuff but I work with a great board of commissioners. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming, are you a Hunterdon County resident? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're the safest county. We're the healthiest county. We have a, you know, it's just a, a great place to live and raise your family. And, you know, and I think, I think the board of commissioners contribute to that, to that atmosphere. I, I think it's a lot of things. I don't think they're, they can take full credit, but, you know, good government is a good place to live. Uh, we have a great prosecutor. So, you know, I love Hunter County. Been here just about most of my life. I love it so far. <laughs> um, you you mentioned this briefly when we spoke about the election process. Um, and outside of that, how much, if any, do national politics come into play in your in your role or kind of show up in your interactions with constituents? On a on a annual basis, not much, but during an election cycle, um, it can play heavily. You know, right now the national, I guess you know you, you've got. You've got the, you know, the Trump factor playing in. Um, next year is going to be, you know, it's going to be a really interesting, challenging year for election officials. But that, you know, the national, you know, a lot of what President Trump said 
is still resonating with voters. And, you know, it's, there's no way to combat it. You know, there's, there's just, um, you know, I mean, people believe what they believe and, and how do you, how do you take them from a national level when, you know, when you've got somebody that's president of the United States saying that the election was fraud? I mean, how, how do you, how do you combat that? You know, how do you combat that a vote by mail doesn't count? You know, I want every voter to know that if they take the time to vote and if they follow the instructions, their vote's going to count. You know, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of one and two and three vote elections, you know, on a local level, again, it's back to the local level. But, you know, I saw there was one election where I saw the guy lost and found out his wife didn't vote. You know, he lost by like two votes and his wife didn't vote. So, you know, and, and, and that's what's all public record now. I mean, you know, I can find out whether you, you know, <laughs> when I ran for election, you know, they were all telling me, oh, I voted for you. you know, I voted for you. You know, you run the, you run the history and you didn't go to the polls, you know, <laughs> I know you didn't vote for me, but I said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> you, know, you know, you're full of hay and you did not vote for me. But yeah, so the national level, but it's only during election time, you know, after this election, it'll be quiet until next year and then it'll start up again. That's good. What is the most common misconception you encounter with the public about uh, your role or local government? Well, I think sometimes they think I I do I do or have, have control over certain things that I don't. Um, you know, some of the some of the the laws that they create, um, I have no control over. You know, I just have to follow the law, and that's that's what I do. I mean, I'm going to follow the law, and you know, you may want me to do it different because you don't like the way it's done, but I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's it's the way it is. And I don't really get a lot, you know, I mean, the county clerk is kind of, um, it's not confrontational. You know, it's, it's, it's a happy thing. You know, you come to me, you vote, you get a deed, you get to, you get, you know, you get a passport. It's just a happy place to be. So, you know, there's not too, there's not too many ways you come in and say, you know, you raised my taxes. You haven't done my road. You haven't picked up my garbage. Uh, you know, I don't get any of that. So it, it's a really, and as long as I stay on the straight and narrow and do my work, you know, um, people are going to be happy. What's, you know, what's tough for me is every once in a while, I will get involved in a, in a campaign to the extent that of supporting somebody publicly. And, and I only come out publicly when I really believe truly in my heart of hearts that that person is going to be a good elected official. And I want to be surrounded by good elected officials. Um, I want to be able to pick up the phone to one of my peers and know that they're going to help me, uh, even if they're a Democrat, you know, because they're a good elected official and they don't want my office to look stupid. And, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, clerk-wise, I have that network. I have, I can call I can call county clerks. I'm not calling parties. And 
it, it's it's tough sometimes but you know the the times that I've come out you know I've gotten bashed on Facebook about you know you're unethical because you supported so and so you know you have no right doing that you know well let me clue you in this is America I have the freedom of speech <laughs> You know, I have the right to support, you know, it's not on my, not on my county clerk page who I'm supporting. It's Mary Melfi. And I have the right to do that. I have the right to support who I want in an election. So, you know, they don't like that, but they'll forget about it by the, by the next day. That makes sense. And, you know, for any, any folks listening out there who may someday want to, you know, run for county clerk or, or get involved, what would you say are some of the skills and experiences or, you know, necessary things that, that would be good for someone to keep in mind if they were interested in, in running for county clerk someday? If they wanted to run for county clerk, you know, I would say that um, my municipal background really helped me. So, you know, I don't, necessarily say they have to be a local official but they should learn they should learn how government works because government is is totally different than the private sector um and and people that get elected to office from the private sector um sometimes struggle because if you come in from the private sector whether you get on the commissioner board on the local council on a school board and you come in as the ceo of the company and you're elected as a school board member or council member and you're used to being a cfo and saying this is the way we're going to do it no 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 it's not the way you're going to do it because you're going to have to convince five of your peers to vote with you because you if you don't if you don't have people skills so you need to learn how government works and government is strongly working with your peers. You have to learn compromise. You have to learn that you're not always going to get your own way. Um, if you get some of what you want or you get the, the most important thing that you wanted, you have a great victory. You have to have people skills. You have to be a good listener. Um, there's times that I sit on this phone and a person will go on for 15 minutes. They're mad as a, as a wet hornet. And they don't want me to fix it. They just want to vent. And they just want me to say, I understand. I understand. They, you know, I, and I just shut up. I let them go off the rails. And they're very happy that they told me all the troubles. And, um, you know, I, I had a, a woman... <laughs> I had a woman yesterday. She was 85 years old. Um, she wanted to she she wanted to vote. She she wanted to get a paper ballot. Well, of course, it was too late because she would have had to drive here to get it. Well, she didn't want to drive here, but she really didn't want to vote because she really didn't want to know. She didn't know any of the candidates, so she didn't know who to vote for. So, but that transcended into all the problems with her son, all her health problems. You know, she just. I think she just wanted somebody to talk to. <laughs> so I just talked to her for 15 minutes, you know, and and at the end of the day, we decided she wants to vote for president. We're going to make sure she gets a vote by mail ballot next year because she knows who she wants to vote for for president. But, you know, those are the kind of skills you have and if you have to have. And if you 
if you don't have the ability to get along with people, um, you're never going to make it in this job. You know, <laughs> you just, that's what I would say. You just learn local government, be accessible. I mean, the one thing that I did when I, I've always been involved in, in many organizations. So when I ran the first time, I was involved with the American Legion. I was involved with the Chamber of Commerce. I was involved with the United Way. I was involved with the food pantries. You know, so if I showed up, this was pre-COVID when everybody had their annual fundraiser in the YMCA. If I went to everything, it's it's because I belong there. When my peers showed up, it was like, oh, Andrew's running for county clerk. So look at him. He showed up at the YMCA dinner, you know, but I could just walk in. So, you know, community people, uh, they know you. And, and, you know, if I know you from the chamber and I trust you, oh, you're going to make a good county clerk. And truth be told, I mean, I didn't have a clue of what the county clerk did when I got elected. But I, I went out and I visited a couple county clerks. Of course, they were Republicans because I didn't know any Democrats at that point that would let me into their office. But I went into Republicans and I said, what do you do? And, you know, and we're all different. It's, you know, if you went to each county clerk's office, they're all different they're all run differently and 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 you know I learned different things and I said oh I like the way this one's doing this but I'm going to improve this or I like this I'm going to change this so that would be my suggestion that's lovely probably not true you really need to get to know the party boss and then the party boss will put you on the party and then you're in but uh that's the truth be told but if you want to go around the party that's how you do it <laughs> Well, I think, you know, one of my, always one of my hopes in in recording these is that a lot of people who maybe feel like these things are so far away will feel like it's a little bit easier to consider getting involved or, you know, holding people accountable or just getting to know what's happening in, in local government in general. So there's there's always more work to do, I'm sure, if you really want to be in elected office, but. Uh, well, another funny story is I go to the, I go to the, uh, AP Gov class over at Hunter Central. And they have like so many gifted kids over there. They're just so smart. And I was in the class and, and uh, you know, we were doing some in, you know, some, I said, what would make you want to vote? You know, I said, you guys don't realize what an incredible voting block you are if you voted. And I said, what would make you vote? And, you know, they all sat there stone faced, you know, nobody answered me. So over the summer, that summer, uh, a young lady came in and she said, you know, I've been thinking ever since she came to class about why we don't vote. And I came up with the answer, at least for me, because we don't know anything about the candidates. And she said, and I can't see voting if I don't know. She said, you know, we know about the president. We know about Congress because we see all, all the mail, but we don't know about school boards or local. So she came up with this idea that she wanted to uh, do a project where she did a questionnaire to candidates. Now, she was going to do the whole county. But I said, no, nah, you know, you don't realize what you're getting into. I said, why don't you just concentrate on the Hunter Central Sending District? So she did that project in two years ago, in, 20, in 22. And it was really successful. And this year she came back and she said, I'd like to do it again. And I said, okay. She said, I'd like to expand it. I said, well, why don't you do the contested school board elections throughout the, throughout the county? 
so people can find out about the, the various candidates on the school board. Because that that's, I mean, this year, it's the year of the school board. So, and that's what she did. And if you go to my website, you know, she calls it local and vocal. But she did the whole synopsis. And she sent all the candidates the same questionnaire. And they're they're pretty, you know, there's nothing, you know, punching you in the gut. You know, it's not like, you know, who do you want for president? It's, you know, what do you think is the most pressing issue in your school district? You know, um, and it's those kind of questions that you read the answers to and you can say, oh, well, this this candidate seems to line up with my ideas. I could I could vote for them or, oh, boy, not this one, not this one, you know, but it, it was a really successful uh, project. And this kid's incredible and she's on her way to being a lawyer now. So, you know, and I've had I've had several of them come through here that that, you know, one is now working for a, a political consultant. Uh, she came through as an intern, but, you know, they're just gives you gives you a lot of um, good feeling that you see really good young people coming in. And, you know, that's who's going to be taking care of us. So it's sometimes it's scary when you look around, and you see who might be taking care of us. But, you know, every once in a while you see this bright kid and you're like, yes, there's a chance here. There's a chance. That's lovely. I think uh, I believe my wife distributed that information via RPTA to all the parents. The local and vocal? Union. Yeah. Um, So that was good. Her her influence, it uh, it got out there, which was really great. Yeah. She's a good kid. (laughs) Well. I think that's most of the main questions that I have. And this was incredibly informative and I really greatly appreciate it. Is there, oh, I do have one last question. What is the best way for constituents to kind of keep in touch or learn what's happening with you or or at the county level? Um, well, at the county level, they can sign up for the county newsletter. Um, that's that's on the county news on the county's webpage, and you know they get they get county newsletters. Um, to contact to, to contact my office, um, I'm usually in at seven o'clock in the morning, and I answer my own phone. I I don't have voicemail here at the county clerk's office because if we don't answer, we're not here. So um, my direct line is nine zero eight seven eight eight one two one four. I'm also uh, I'm probably going to get divorced. I'm not married, but I could get divorced if I was married because I answer emails like consistently. I don't stay off the internet, so I don't stay off email. Um, but my emails on the on the on my web page, and I have a Facebook page, Hunter and County Clerk, which is dedicated to clerk related. Like tonight, I'll be posting the elections results. Um, they're also on my web page, and. Uh, the other thing I mentioned, you know, the other thing is uh, I work with the county and the sheriff. And one of the big things we do is we uh, sponsor Identish Shred, which that's that's is shredding of your documents. So we we shred confidential documents four times a year. And when I post that up on Facebook, the dates, that's the thing that gets the most hits. <laughs> I get the most hits on shredding um, where the public just looks at shredding. They love it. And to me, it's just a great, a great benefit for somebody. And so, but that would be the best way, you know, the internet, 
the Facebook page, my webpage, the county's webpage, the county newsletter. And of course, if they have a pending, they have something they want to ask me. And I'm like a little encyclopedia here. Um, my staff is directed that uh, one of the things that happens sometimes in government offices is it's not my job. We don't do it's not my job here. Uh, if you've got a dead deer in front of your lawn, I mean, that's not my job. But you know what you should do? Are you on a county road? Then you should contact the county road department. If you're on a municipal road, you know, I mean, the thing is, give you a little bit more to go on. So you're not just calling another county office and getting hung up on another government agency. So, you know, we try to be, we try to be the sharers of information here so we can get you to the right agency to help you. I love that. Uh, one last fun question. If you had uh, a bit of a magic wand and you could make any change in the county just of your own accord, is there anything that you would uh, love to do in, in Hunterdon County? Hunterdon County, I'm pretty connected, content with. I would love to take a magic wand and balance out Trenton. Um, you know, the problem with local local level, when you have one party rule, it's easy to change. Or if you have on a local level, it's usually a local issue. You can change a local issue. Um, right now, uh, we've been under, you know, one party rule in Trenton for a long, you know, many years. And there's just no, there's just no stopping one party rule. And at least when, when Governor Christie was the governor dealing with a Democratic legislature, uh, Governor Christie couldn't do things that were bad because he couldn't get legislative support. And the legislators couldn't do things that were bad because Christie wouldn't sign it. So at the end of the day, again, the winner was the constituent. The winner was the resident because you couldn't have bad government if you had one party rule. So I'm a, I'm a, a personally, I mean, I'm a Republican. I have Republican values, but I like balance in government. I, I don't like anybody to have too much power. So if I had a magic wand, I would have balance. I love that answer. Well, thank you so much, Mary. Really okay. greatly appreciate your time. And uh, maybe I'll see you at a shredding event. There you go. Next one is in April of next year. So, all right, and uh, yeah, hope everyone has a great, a great voting day. I'm uh, heading over there after after this. So, well, let's hope you're more than number three. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another podcast of Sixty Second Democracy. I hope that you enjoy what you're learning here. I know I'm learning a lot. Please leave comments, subscribe, and in general, let me know whether you're enjoying this, whether you have ideas for other ways to approach this, or other folks to interview to learn more about what's happening in your town or your democracy. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on all platforms where podcasts are available. Thanks for listening.